Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hour number two on Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you. Man, it does not feel like spring anywhere close to it outside today in D.C. But our guest, Andrew Golden from the Washington Post. I don't think it's quite nice down there today either. Is it down in West Palm? Is it is it nice down there, Andrew? No, it is raining right now, so it doesn't feel like spring where I'm at either. So <laughs> I guess we're both not in luck. Yeah. I tell you what, though, I hope I can get down there at some point. Andrew Golden from the Washington Post covers the Nationals for them. It's crazy we're already at this point in the year. we got to start with this, Andrew. You had a tweet that went crazy viral about a sign that the Nationals put out in (laughs) spring training. So we got to start there. It says, I don't care how fast you throw a ball for. What have you thought about the reaction to that? It's just been crazy to see so many people just run with that. Yeah, well, I, if, if I had known my phone was going to blow up like that, I might not even tweet it out to begin with, but I'm glad, I'm glad that I did. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the, 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 the message, I think the message is, is that, the, that Mike Rizzo and Dave Martinez want, you know, want, want, want the staff to get ahead. Um, and so I think the, the – get ahead of hitters. And so I think when Mike Rizzo put the signs up, it was his idea to put the signs up um, just to kind of tell guys to really just uh, focus on attacking hitters and getting ahead of hitters. Um, you're, you know, it's a lot easier when you're in a – a one count or in a one two count versus a one zero oh count or a two one count. So I get the message. Now, now, now I also understand the the, the 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 fan reaction about you know you know you know wanting, wanting to focus more on stuff and velocity than than command. And, that, and I think that both can be true. I don't I don't I don't think that you know you can have command and also have velocity. You can have command and also have really good stuff. I think it's just a matter of uh, making sure that you're you're putting it in the zone and making sure that that that, that hairs can get to it. So I I, I think I think it was all uh, I think it was all um, maybe a big misunderstanding, but also I, I think the point kind of stands that they want them just to throw strikes. Yeah, 100%. And let's look at the offseason as a whole, Andrew. In terms of roster, there wasn't too, too many moves made. You obviously added Joey Gallo, Nick Senzel, Dylan Floro, some guys that will contribute for the Major League roster this year. But it wasn't anything crazy compared to some of the other moves in the offseason. They also made some moves to the coaching staff. What did you make of the offseason for the Nationals? Yeah, I, th- I think the offseason was slow, for being honest. I mean, there they, they, they weren't really a ton of moves, like you mentioned. They were kind of some filler, some filler things, similar to last year. Obviously, they signed Joey Gallo, Nick Senzel. They signed Floro, but those were the only three major league deals. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely a slow offseason. Um, I doubt that was the plan, but that's just kind of how things went. I'm surprised I didn't get a starting pitcher because, um, obviously, like, yeah, obviously, that was a area of where the team needed an upgrade, obviously. But I think when you look at this, the, everything as a whole – I think what the Nationals want to do is just give some of the young guys a chance um, to see what they can do and see what they really have. I mean, obviously, last year, you know, guys show flashes, but I think what you want to see this year is can these guys build on it. So, I, I, you know, I, you know while, while I think it was a slow offseason, I think it gives them a chance to see what the young guys can do. And I think the coaching staff will, will, will be interesting, too. There's been a lot of change with the coaching staff, both in the majors and the minors. Um, so I want to see if there's any different philosophy. So I, I think it will all be interesting. 
Well, and you mentioned the young guys, and that's kind of been my point. You know, some people are frustrated the team's not spending more money, and we'll see down the line if they do open the checkbooks, if this team can build back to being, you know, a playoff contender. But my point has been all along, like you said, it's given the young guys a chance. So off of that, obviously Abrams is in the bigs, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, Cabert Ruiz, but a lot of people are excited about the Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Brady House. What are the chances we could see one of those guys on the opening day roster? And if not opening day, what's a timeline we could see some of those guys? I think if you're going to see them on the opening day roster, then I think that means they're going to play every day. Um, and I, I, I don't think that they'd be on the opening day roster to sit on the bench. I think they have to play every day. And so when I, so when I look at things, the chance of being on the opening day roster, I think they really have to go out in the spring and just absolutely tear it up um, and, and, and force Nashville to make a decision. But when you, when you look at the, the, the signings they made this offseason, they obviously have Lane Thomas in right field. They have, you know, one of Victor Cruz or um, – or Victor Cruz, Victor Robles, uh, Victor Robles, or uh, Jacob Young in center. And then left field, you have Joey Gallo, um, and you have Stone Garrett there. So, like, so, so when you look when you look at the roster, I think you could give those guys a chance to to prove that they aren't performing at the high level to give Dylan or James a chance to come up and um and, and improve themselves. And so I think that's kind of what you're looking at. So I wouldn't expect opening day, but you know, I think like. You know, maybe maybe middle of the season if, if if they're both tearing it up and you know you want to give them a shot. Like, but I think if you do call up, they had to play every day. Um, and then with Brady, I think Brady, you know, Brady didn't play every day last year. He got the whole season healthy. He played you know three or four days a week. Um, obviously, managing his back injury from from his first full season. So I wouldn't expect to see Brady up here this year. I think you need to see him play a full season in the minors first. But hey, I mean, if he tears it up too, like I don't think Mike Rizzo has ever been afraid to pull the trigger if he feels like a guy is ready. Yeah, I mean, what what is like the is it something where they're looking for something particular with these guys? Like, what is it that you know, Dylan Cruz? Obviously, he wasn't maybe as spectacular as you would have hoped in his minor league games mm-hmm. last year. James Wood had a little bit of struggles down the stretch, and as you mentioned, you know, Brady House maybe isn't fully back to a hundred and sixty-two type game pace playing every day. But what are they looking for for these guys to be able to come up and play in the big leagues? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you just want to see. Con- I think you just want to see some consistency from guys. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's obviously what you want to see, um, and, and and just see the continued development. I, I, I think you know, Mike Rizzo always says like the players will tell you um, when when they're ready. Um, and so I don't necessarily know if it's like a benchmark of stats you're looking for, a benchmark of things. But if, if they're hitting consistently, they're playing well for a long period of time and holding it up. And I, I don't see why he wouldn't why he wouldn't make the move um, to 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 do that. So. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what what it will look like, but I think if the guys are performing well, I think it obviously forces Mike Rizzo's hands. Talking with Andrew Golden from the Washington Post here on the BetQL guest hotline. So Cade Cavalli is another one of those guys that can be thrown in as a top prospect. Got injured Mm -hmm. last year, didn't get to see him. What's kind of the timeline that he can get back and be pitching for the Nationals? Yeah, so when you look at the timeline, we talked to him the other day, and he said that 14 months is normally when you start playing in a game again. So 14 months from Tommy John last um, last 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 March will put him around like late May, maybe early June. If you're going to take it slow, so that, that that's what I would expect. But there, but there is no timetable. That's just kind of be get, guessing based off of him saying the 14 months. Um, but there isn't really a timetable um, for him. But I, you know, I, I think when the what the Nationals want is not to rush him back, but make sure that when he's back, he's healthy and can pitch the whole way through. So um, I maybe expect like June, but there is a definitive timetable. I saw you wrote a piece recently with the Washington Post talking with uh, talking about Mackenzie Gore. And yeah. I- I'm interested with him because when he's been good, he looks fantastic. He looks like he can be an ace. And then there are times where 
you know, maybe he has a rough inning and it kind of sticks in his head and things just kind of spiral out of control. What do yeah. the Nationals want to see for him, for him to take that next step and maybe cement himself as a top starter in this league? I think consistency. I, I, I think in that story that you mentioned, like with, his, with all the coaches that said, Sean Doolittle, Jim Hickey, they've all said like the stuff is there. Um, and from, from personal experience watching the spring training, the stuff is absolutely there. Um, I think it's just a matter of like fine-tuning it, getting it more in the zone, being more consistent with his delivery. And I think all that stuff will work itself out. Um, he has he has the ace potential with the stuff. I think it's just a matter of refining it um, and being more consistent. I think you typically see that with, with with a guy who has a lot of good stuff in his first year. Maybe he takes some time to figure things out. Um, but like you mentioned, I think it's a matter of controlling himself um, and not letting anything get out of hand like you mentioned last year. Like, like in his wins, he had 2.56 ERA. I think it was in his seven wins, he had 10 no decisions and he had like a 2.59 ERA. And then in his 10 losses, he had like an ERA in like the, in like the mid, mid to high sevens. So I think, I think just getting, getting rid of some of those losses and turning those into wins um, I think will make a difference. Talking with Andrew Golden from the Washington Post, you mentioned Sean Doolittle. I think it's interesting he's been added to the coaching staff. Just from what you've seen so far in the interactions down there in West Palm Beach, what has his kind of role been? Yeah, his role has been has been has been a pitching strategist, talking talking with pitchers about their game plans and trying to figure out how they can maximize their strengths. Obviously, incorporating a little bit more of analytics in uh, analytics in that way and getting them more involved in that way. So, um, I think he's been great. I think he's been great for the staff. Um, but he's definitely been involved. But I think his role and what exactly that will look like and where he'll be and what he's doing is kind of evolving. And I'm not even sure he knows at this point in time. Um, but definitely more involved in the analytics side, helping guys kind of try to figure out and fine tune where they want to be as pitchers heading into the year so they can um, make the most of their strengths. And then looking ahead towards the regular season, like what are some of the jobs that are open? What are some of the jobs that are you know we should watch for in spring training that are open for competition that maybe somebody can try to win that spot this spring training? Yeah, I think I think when you look at um, center and left field, I think I think those are those, those are the two main battles that I can think of. Obviously, you, in center you have you have Victor Robles or you have Jacob Young. I think Victor Robles will have the inside track, and Davey Martinez seemed to hint at that the other day that Victor Robles is the inside track for that, but um, that remains to be seen. Um, and then in left field, obviously, you have a mix of Joey Gallo, Stone Garrett, there's Alex Call, even Jacob Young, if he loses that to Victor Robles, they still fight for that job there. Um, you have Juan Yepes. So there's a lot of guys who can sit in that, that left field spot who can also play some first base. Um, Jesse Winkers, another guy who they just signed um, a couple of days ago. So there's a lot of guys in that mix. I think, I think those are the ones to look for. Um, and I obviously, you know, I think Joey Manessis will play first base, but then who gets that DH role or vice versa? Um, so I, I, I think there's a lot of spots up for grabs, um, and especially the outfield and then a DH. Um, and then Luis Garcia obviously has to earn his job at second base too. I think I think he's the favorite, but you know David Martinez said that he's guaranteed, but I would expect him to be the second baseman. But um, I definitely think you have Trey Lipscomb and Darren Baker in the minors who could maybe give him a run for his money, but I, I don't really see that. But uh, we'll see how it goes. So I think it's interesting, talking with Andrew Golden from the Washington Post, last year you have Dominic Smith at first base, and he was a fantastic fielder. I think he helped out and saved a lot of errors from guys like C.J. Abrams and Luis Garcia. This year it seems like that first base rotation is going to be Joey Manessis and Joey Gallo at times, who are not nearly as good of fielders. Are they a little worried about that and maybe some struggles in the infield? Because last year – the infield defense was so much better than the year previous. Could we see maybe a little regression from the infield defensively? I haven't sensed from the team that they're worried about that, but I think it's a very valid concern. I mean, Dominic Smith was really good over there, um, and I, I think he probably was an underrated defender. 
Uh, maybe advanced metrics can give him the benefit of the doubt on a lot of things, but he's a really, really good defender, especially at first base and saved a lot. Like you, like you mentioned, a lot of errors for C.J. Abrams and Luis Garcia. Um, so I think it's definitely something to watch for to kind of see how that goes. And, you know, because Joey, you know, Joey Manessis is a natural first baseman, but even Joey Gallo and Jesse Winker, who plays in first base, they aren't natural first basemen. Um, and so I'm kind of interested to see how kind of how that all plays out. Um, especially because I know they want to take Joey Manessis off the seat and not have him play in the field every day. So um, it, it should all be interesting. Last question here, talking with Andrew Golden from the Washington Post. What's the vibe around this team? Because last year, I mean, this is a team that struggled in the first half. and the second half of the year, they were just a couple games under 500 and played really good ball. They had a, a winning record in one-run ball games. So this is a ball club that I think showed some real growth. Is it a team that feels like they're still looking at the development, or is this a team that – Davey's kind of preaching, hey, we can win some ball games and maybe be in that around 500 discussion. Like, what's the vibe around the team? Yeah, I, I think the latter definitely. I think I, I think they have the, the the internal expectations that they that they can be competitive um, and, and and that they can compete based on what they did in the second half last year. And they can get that consistency. And I think the vibe in the clubhouse. I think it's a lot of guys who have definitely gelled. It's, it, it's definitely a more loose clubhouse than it was a year ago, in my opinion. I think I think the guys are more. Um, comfortable with one another because they play together a lot. Uh, they have a lot of experience together. Um, but yeah, I, I think the expectations are that, are that, that they can be competitive and if they can perform like they did in the second half of the season. Um, and I think that remains to be seen if they can be competitive for a whole season like that. Obviously, they had a great second half, and especially in the month of uh, in the month of August. But like you know, can you carry that for six months? And that, that that's kind of the big question. So we just see how that how that all plays out. Andrew, appreciate the time, man. Hopefully, I can get down to West Palm and see you guys down there. Yes, definitely get down here, hopefully when it's not raining. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That's Andrew Golden from the Washington Post. Appreciate the time, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. There you heard from Andrew Golden. He joined us on the BetQL guest line. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. We'll keep the Nationals discussion going. The pitchers and catchers reported on Valentine's Day just a couple days ago. The full team's going to report on Tuesday. What are you looking forward to for this national season? 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. More Nats talk next here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Big thanks to Andrew Golden for joining us from a rainy West Palm Beach down in Florida, National Spring Training. If you missed that conversation, you can always rewind on the Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you till 6 o'clock here on The Fan. We'll keep the Nationals discussion going. I think there were a couple interesting things that I want to talk about from that call with Andrew Golden. Number one, he mentioned that it was a relatively slow offseason. We talked about that plenty. If you listen to Bustin' Loose Baseball or just anything Nationals, obviously it was a very slow offseason. Joey Gallo, Nick Senzel, Dylan Floro, some minor league deals, nothing, nothing big. But he said, I don't know that that was the plan. I'm interested in what the plan was, if that's the case. Did they want to sign a starting pitcher? Did they want to go get a guy to improve down the road? Because you think about this team, and I don't know what their record's going to be. You know, we give some time for spring training. We'll see how things are going. And, you know, once we get into it a little bit more, I'll give you a prediction on what I think the season's going to be for the Nationals. I don't need to do that just yet. But last year, this is a team that won 71 games when they were supposed to lose 100 games. Or lose a hundred, yeah, lose a hundred games and and be a 62, 60 win team, right? Less than that, maybe even a fifty win team, and they won seventy one games. They severely went over their expectations. I don't know how far they can jump past that, because you know a lot a lot of times we, you look at it and it's like a, a big improvement, but to go from seventy one wins to even just seventy seven or get back to to five hundred, that's a bigger gap than going from. 50-some wins to 71, at least to me, because a couple competent ballplayers can change things, but competent ballplayers aren't going to get you to just 500. You need to have some really good ballplayers and guys that can make a difference for you. And so I'm interested to see what the difference in this team is going to be because down the stretch last year, this was a team that was much better, specifically that month of August. Last year in August, they were 17-11. and 11. This is a team that wasn't very good last year frankly, 71 and 91. But last year in August, they were 17 and 11. In the second half of the season, they were 35 and 37. And this is a team that was much better than was expected. And especially in the second half, they started playing like a team that you might have some confidence could turn things around. Maybe not this season, but you're looking down the road, maybe as early as 2025 as being a team that's above 500 and maybe competing for a playoff spot again. And so I think there's a lot to be excited about with that. But when Andrew Golden says that maybe the plan wasn't followed fully because they weren't able to sign a starting pitcher, you'd like to see a starting pitcher added because you think about that rotation. Corbin, Corbin is what Corbin is at this point. Last year of his deal, who knows how he's going to pitch this year. It's probably not going to be good. But if even if you had to, you move him to the pen. Trevor Williams, another guy that's not going to be great. Maybe you can move him to the pen. But you got a Jake Irvin. You got a Mackenzie Gore. You got a Josiah Gray. There are spots in that rotation to be had, whether it's Jackson Rutledge, 
Cade Cavalli when he comes back. Like, there are spots in that rotation, and having another guy would have been nice, especially when you look ahead, and if you can sign a guy to maybe a three-, four-, five-year deal, you can have that guy for when this team really starts to turn it around, even, too, for some mentorship and some consistency with the, the pitching staff, it would be nice. I'm interested, though, if that really was the plan. Like, Andrew says it was. And if that's the case, who were you not willing to spend on or who did you get outbid by? Because the other thing is, too, you have to have two to tango. What pitcher wants to sign with the Nationals? <laughs> like, what pitcher that is of any good caliber that thinks that maybe they could help a playoff contending ball club wants to sign with the Nationals this season? I don't know that there are many, but I thought that was interesting. I really did. And then the second thing that I thought was interesting, because it almost goes hand-in-hand hand with what I think about the offseason, is he said that the center field, left field spots are kind of up for grabs, and you don't want to necessarily take a spot away for a Dylan Cruz or a James Wood because you want to give these guys a chance to prove themselves. And, man, do I disagree with that. If Dylan Cruz is ready for opening day, I don't think it's going to happen. Let me just go out and say this. I don't think that any of these guys are going to be on the opening day roster. But if Dylan Cruz or James Wood comes out and tears the cover off the baseball in spring training and is begging you to put them on the opening day roster, then you do it. You do it. Because that's been my whole philosophy with the off-seasons the last couple of years. They haven't really signed anybody. You'd love to see them in the market for some of these guys, where it's you know the Yoshinobu Yamamoto. You would love to see them in the market for one of these guys, one of these studs. Maybe not the Otanis of the world, but one of these big-time studs you'd love to see them in the market for, and they never are. They absolutely never are. But I'm fine with that for now because you're leaving spots open for Dylan Cruz, for James Wood. And my my thought process is this. I don't care who's on the roster. I don't care what spots are being filled currently by Major League guys. When Dylan Cruz is ready to come up, Dylan Cruz comes up and takes over center field, and it's his job, and you don't have to think twice about it. Whoever's there currently, sorry, you're going to get moved to left field. You're going to get moved to the bench. You're going to DA. I don't care. Dylan Cruz, when he's ready, comes up. Same thing with James Wood. Same thing with Brady House. Those three dudes are the future of your franchise alongside some of the guys that are already with the big league club. When those dudes are ready, they come up. I don't care who is in that spot. Move them out. And so I didn't have an issue not spending $15 million on a free agent. I don't have an issue you know, not trying to find a way to sign Cody Bellinger so that now you have an extra spot clogged up and you can't move Cody Bellinger out of the lineup for a Dylan Cruz. Had no issue. But it better not be the case where if Dylan Cruz is ready to come up and play every day, they're just saying, we got to see a little more of Victor Robles. We've seen enough of Victor Robles. I need to see Dylan Cruz. I need to see these dudes as soon as possible. When they are ready, they should come up. And if it's the case where... They're not going to call these dudes up as soon as possible, which I don't think is going to be the case. I think when these dudes are ready, they'll come up. But if that's the case, then you should have spent some dang money in free agency. You should have done some things because that's just unacceptable. But I, I think that ultimately my philosophy is kind of what they're going with. You don't have to clog up these spots with a 10 to $15 million, $20 million player because then I'm kind of obligated to keep this guy in the lineup. No, when Dylan Cruz... James Wood and Brady House are ready. They come up. And this is where I think it's interesting, too. I think that should be the philosophy for those three guys, without a doubt. But I think some of the other guys, and we'll deep dive into these prospects a little more that are at spring training in just a few minutes. But a Robert Hassel, can he get things going again? I don't know that you need to clear a spot for him. 
but call him up when he's ready. And if you look around the outfield, Lane Thomas is set in right field. And we're honestly going to have to see. I love Lane Thomas. I thought he had a fantastic season last year. First real time where he was the everyday starter for an entire season. And I thought he did really well. Can he replicate that? We'll see. Because if not, maybe you call up one of these young guys to take the spot. But either way, right now, right field is set. Like Andrew Golden said, center field, left field, that's kind of open. If Robert Hassel is ready to come up, have him come up and take one of those spots. Or you look at Trey Lipscomb. This is maybe outside of the top prospects, the most intriguing guy to me. And that's because he can play all over the infield. He's a gold glover in the minor leagues, at a second base, at a third base, at shortstop. He can play all over the place. It's a question if his bat can play. But if you've got an open spot at second base, bring him up. If he's ready to go, bring him up. And that's why I think, for me, not spending the money in free agency is okay this offseason because James Wood's going to come up regardless. Dylan Cruz is going to come up regardless. Brady House at some point, whether it's this year or next year, is going to come up regardless. These are top 100 prospects. You make the way for them. But I'm more interested in seeing some of these other guys and leaving spots for them. The Trey Lipscombs. Can he turn out to be a stud? You know, maybe he just turns out to be a utility guy. That's fine. You need those guys on your roster. But I'm fine not clogging second base with some dude you paid $15 million for that now you can't call up Trey Lipscomb for. That's kind of my point. Now, next offseason, if everything goes according to plan this year and all these guys play well, James Woods in the big leagues, Dylan Cruz is in the big leagues, maybe Brady House is a September call-up, and you're seeing a lot of growth from C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, Cabert Ruiz, and it's a ball club that looks like it could start competing again, they better spend next offseason. They better spend. I'm fine with it this year, but the only reason I'm fine with it is because I look down the road and see that they probably can spend next year. If they're just not going to be spending, then that is a huge issue. It's a huge issue. But again, I, I think that's something we'll worry about when the time comes. For this year, I'm excited about what these young prospects prospects can do for this baseball team this year. Last year, 71-91. and 91. I don't know that they're going to be much better than that, but I think the baseball on the field might be much more exciting than a lot of what we saw last season. We'll continue talking about the Nationals. I'll give you my thoughts on some of the prospects to keep an eye on at spring training. We'll talk about that next here on The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Sure doesn't feel like it, but baseball season is quickly approaching. Toby Altizer with you here on the fan up until 6 o'clock. I wish we could get some of that warm weather so it'd feel like baseball season. But it's crazy to think about we're already at that point. Football's done, which sucks. But we're into baseball season. Two days till everyone reports for the Nationals. The pitchers and catchers reported on Valentine's Day. Who are some of the prospects to watch that are at big league camp? We've already talked about some of these guys, but we'll do a little more of a deep dive in them. Dylan Cruz is the top guy that everyone's excited about. Dylan Cruz, number two overall draft pick last season. You know, I saw that he was he showed up to camp today and said, I feel like I belong in this locker room, and I like that. I think he's got a swag about him. Saw he was back at LSU a couple of days ago throwing out the first pitch at a Tigers game, so that's cool. That's cool, but I'm excited to see what he can do this season I think for him, it's just all about getting accustomed to Major League Baseball. You know, last year at LSU, didn't have a single game where he didn't get on base. Was absolutely fantastic for the LSU Tigers. And I think for him, it just needs to slow down a bit. Last year was so chaotic for him with the College World Series, getting drafted, going all over the place. And I think everything just needs to slow down for him a bit. You know, you look at the MLB Pipeline Top 100 I believe he's number seven. Right ahead of him is the guy that was drafted right behind him, Wyatt Langford. And I think that everything's going to even out. I think that Dylan Cruz is still the guy. I think that you just got to give him some time to get acclimated. Again, last year was so crazy for him. I think that's something, no matter what sport you're talking about, whether it's the NFL, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, it's all different timelines. But that process from their college season ending to getting drafted, to go into join their new team is just so wild. It, it really is. You see, I saw someone's like, man, C.J. Stroud is always out. That dude had to go from finishing up, losing that game to Georgia, to NFL Combine, to a pro day, to getting drafted, to rookie minicamp, to training camp, to a season, into the playoffs, and now he's finally off. <laughs> that, that dude had to keep going and going and going. So I, I think... Some of that applies to Dylan Cruz as well. I think that's why you saw some of those struggles. And I like the fact, too, that you jump this guy from Fredericksburg and A-ball straight up to a double-A, get him playing with some of those guys and see how he does. And he struggled a little bit. There's no doubt about it. He definitely struggled a little bit, but not worried at all about Dylan Cruz. So I think for him, it's just letting everything slow down, getting accustomed, and he'll be right back to the guy that you drafted, number two overall, that by most accounts was the top dude in the draft class. The next guy that I think is intriguing is James Wood because I think if you talk to just about anybody around baseball and looking at the national system, this might be the guy with the highest ceiling out of anybody. You know, Dylan Cruz, I think, can be a really good player. Does he have MVP caliber stuff? I don't know. I think James Wood, if he were able to reach his full potential, definitely has MVP type stuff. I mean, this is a guy huge. I got to see him over there in Bowie a couple of times. This is a guy that is going to be fantastic if he can just continue growing the way that he has. Comes over from the Padres and the Juan Soto deal. Looks like a basketball player. Six foot six, bigger dude, long arms, can fly all over the outfield. Just one of those guys that it doesn't look like he's running very hard, but he just glides everywhere. He is running very hard, and he's very fast. He just kind of looks like he glides everywhere. That's the kind of athlete he is. 
Now, he struggled a little bit with strikeouts towards the end of last year, which hopefully you can get squared away. It's a little bit to be expected with him. I mean, he's huge. He's got a big strike zone, got long levers, so you're not expecting this guy to be the best contact hitter in the world. You'd like to see him improve a little in the strikeout rate. And the thing that doesn't concern me that much about it, and the reason I'm not that concerned about it, is this isn't a guy that's flailing all over the place. This isn't a guy that has a terrible approach at the plate. Matter of fact, if you've gotten to watch him or you know, Grant and I have gone out and seen him a couple of times, just various places, this is a guy that has a clear approach at the plate. He's very selective on the pitches he swings at. Matter of fact, I've asked, <laughs> can he be a little more aggressive with the pitches he swings at? Seems like sometimes he'll let a good pitch go for strike one. She's like, just swing at that, dude. Maybe that helps a little bit. Well, but I think with him, it's just about fixing some of those things, continuing to grow, continuing to become a better fielder. I think he's got all the potential in the world. I'm interested to see when he's able to get called up and what kind of an impact he'll make because this is a guy, ridiculous power, really good speed. It's just about lowering some of that strikeout rate and putting the bat on the ball. I think if he can do that, he's going to be a fantastic player for the Nationals. Brady House, the next guy. If you listen to Bust and Loose Baseball at all, you can check it out on the Odyssey app. Grant Paulson and I talking about the Nationals. But you know how big I am on Brady House. He's ranked 48th on Major League Baseball Pipeline's top 100. So he's not the top prospect for the Nationals. But to me, he's my top guy. He's my top guy. He's not as far along just because he's younger. He was drafted out of high school. Dylan Cruz obviously drafted out of college. James Wood a little bit older. So he's not as far along. But every time that Brady House has stepped on the field and been healthy, he's been really good. Really good. The big question for him is can he stay healthy? Because if he can stay healthy, it's been nothing but really good baseball as a hitter. And I've gone through, and the comp I've given him, just some of the numbers, very similar to a guy just up the road playing third base, Gunnar Henderson. Look at some of the numbers, some of the stuff they were doing at the same age. Very similar in some ways. I don't know that they're the same player, but I think you look at the numbers, it gives you some hope that this guy can be a real impact player because you know Gunnar can play short, can play third. I think Gunnar's a better runner. I think that once he starts really getting into it, I think Brady House is going to have a bit more power than Gunnar Henderson. But either way, I think that Brady House is going to be a stud at third base, a guy that you just need to find a way to keep him healthy for a full 162 and I think you're going to have to limit some of the playing time, but this is a guy that was drafted out of high school, and I think it would be huge for the Nationals because not only is this a guy that you know, you drafted out of high school, but this is a guy you developed. The Nationals haven't had that. All the guys that are the top prospects that are playing for this team, you think about Josiah Gray, Cabert Ruiz, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, even Elaine Thomas, if you want to go there. Those are all guys that you acquired via trade, and you can get excited about those guys. Because trading's, trading for guys is fun, too. And you can get some really good players, as you saw in the Juan Soto trade, but there's no Juan Sotos left on this baseball team to trade if you can't develop your own talent. So at some point, you're going to have to do it. I think Brady House can be that opportunity. If I had to choose any of the guys that I think would be the best and I just felt the safest with or felt the best about, it'd be Brady House. That's nothing against a James Wood or a Dylan Cruz. I just really, really like Brady House. And the thing with him, too... I think is interesting is, you know, Grant talked about being out of the Futures game last year in Seattle, and this is a dude that put on the best show of anybody during batting practice in terms of power and his ability there, and he hasn't shown as much power as you'd expect in the minor leagues, but I think that's something that'll come. I I just think that this kid has a sky-high ceiling, and I'm excited to see him at some point, whether it's late this year or next year, 
I'm excited to see him when he gets to the big because I think he's the next great Nats third baseman. And then two guys that aren't among the top 100 list for MLB Pipeline that I think are going to be interesting and might contribute this year for the Nationals. I already mentioned both these guys, but Trey Lipscomb, I won't spend too much time here. He's a guy that, I, like I said earlier, can play all over the infield, really good defender. He can already play at the major league level defensively. It's whether he can hit. But I think that he's going to be a really good player for this team, whether it's as a super utility guy. I think that's kind of his, his floor, a guy that comes up and just comes off the bench, can play all over the infield. Or he can be a guy that can maybe take control of that second base spot if Luis Garcia doesn't come out and play well and doesn't continue to work hard and earn that spot every day. Maybe Trey Lipscomb can come up and make an impact at one of those spots. So I'm interested with him. And then Robert Hassel. This is a guy that's so interesting and intriguing because if you ask anybody around baseball, not just Nationals, not just Padres writers, not just just anybody around baseball about the trade for Juan Soto, Robert Hassel III was the safest prospect, according to just about everybody in that entire trade. And that include, included C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore and, and James Wood and Susanna. These guys that you all hear about all the time now. Robert Hassel III was considered the safest. Not necessarily the best, not the highest ceiling, but the safest. And now we've seen this guy really, really start struggling. He never had strikeout issues with San Diego, and he started striking out last year. This is a guy that you expected to be a 270, 280 type hitter, a guy that you plug into the lineup every day, and maybe he doesn't get an all-star nod, but he's a guy that everybody in the town loves and plays every day in one of the corner outfield spots or in center field, and just someone that would be a glue guy on a good roster, and he just hasn't been that. But I still think that he can get back to that. He was recovering from an injury, and I just don't know if he ever got fully back to what he felt like he was before last season. I think he can get back to that. So I think those are the guys to watch out for. Again, Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Brady House, the top guys. But keep an eye out for Lipscomb. Keep an eye out for Hassel and see how they do down in spring training this spring. The, the next thing I want to talk about quickly as we wrap up Nationals talk, we'll get back into some Commanders talk at 5 o'clock. But I want to talk about the top guys on the actual Major League roster. C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray. What are we looking for from those guys down to spring training? We'll talk about that next here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you up till 6 o'clock. Talking about the Nationals. So... We talked about some of the minor league prospects to watch at spring training. Some of the guys that we watched last year, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, some of the things I'm looking for out of these guys this year. We'll start with Josiah Gray. I want to see some more of the good. Josiah Gray is a guy that I really enjoy watching because it seems like every time out he's battling, and he does a really good job of it. In the first half of last year, the reason he was an all-star is he was able to get into a lot of jams. But he got out of them, too, and was able to just find ways to maneuver, and he battled. It seemed like he had to work really hard. I want to see more of the dominant Josiah Gray. He's never going to have the stuff of a Mackenzie Gore. I don't think he's ever going to be an ace-type pitcher, just because I don't know that his stuff is that type. 
But I want to see more of the good where he's not walking dudes all the time, where he's able to go out there and put together a really solid outing, a six or seven innings, only two runs, as opposed to struggling through five. You know, I want to see more of the the good Josiah Gray. If we can see some of that, I think that'd be a big step for him because he really struggled after the All-Star break. So if he can get back to being the guy where he pitches well, he doesn't always have to battle. It's fun to watch a guy battle through and find a way and kind of grit their teeth and find a way like Max Scherzer did sometimes where things wouldn't be going well and he'd find a way to get through six innings, only giving up two runs. That's fun to watch. But it's also fun to watch a guy just mow down hitters the entire time. I'd like to see a little bit more out of that for Josiah Gray. He's never going to have that type of stuff, but at least not not having to battle every time out. That's exhausting for a pitcher. Mackenzie Gore, we talked about this a little bit with Andrew Golden. He has a good piece in the Washington Post talking about it. I think he needs to just find that consistency. And two things with, with that. One, I think he needs to start throwing that change up a little bit more. I really liked his change up last year when he would throw it, but it was so few and far between. I'd like to see a little more of the change up, but more consistency with the off-speed overall. And then the big thing for him, honestly, it's not dealing with the stuff. It's his mentality on the mound. I really like him as a pitcher. I really like him as a guy because you can tell he really cares, and it really eats at him. It is a guy that it, you can't really take professional sports too seriously, but he almost takes professional baseball a little too seriously. right? He struggles one inning. He walks a guy, and it just gets in his head and eats at him and eats at him and eats at him. Find a way to move on to the next pitch. And I think you saw that last year too often where he'd have an issue and then he'd, I think one time he forgot to cover first base. Like little things like that turn into big things when you keep doing them over and over. And suddenly your two-run outing where you struggled, gave up two runs in the second, now it's bled over into the third inning and now you've given up four runs there and all of a sudden you're out of the game after three. Whereas just because you give up two runs in the second inning because you walked a guy and struggled, if you come back out and get three punchies the next next inning, and you can still have a solid outing. So I think for him, it's just finding a way to move past the mistakes and keep going and keep that positive mindset on the mound, not being too hard on himself. He expects perfection. I mean, even times last year, you'd see him throw a pitch, and maybe it's in the dirt or something like that. It wasn't exactly where he wanted. And he's like pounding his glove on his thigh, like, come on. Just little things like that. I think if you can work on some of that mentality, be a little bit more mature on the mound with some of that and being able to move past some of that stuff, I think you'll see that grow. And my, maybe my favorite player on the roster, maybe my favorite guy to watch out of all these guys. I'm a big Gore guy, so it might still be Gore, but C.J. Abrams. I think there's so much to be excited about with C.J. This is a guy that has all the potential in the world. He started showing you some power, which I didn't really know he had, but you started seeing some of that power. And if you get to watch this guy in batting practice, which I don't think because you know the Nationals don't really do that as much at home or you don't get to see it because the gates aren't open yet. But if you get to see this guy, he's got some power in BP. I'd like to see that carry over a little more onto the field, but can he continue to just find ways to get on base? And re- really with him, it doesn't matter. Leave him in the leadoff spot. I don't care how you get on base. Get on base and make an impact. And he did. He really did down the stretch for the Nationals. And I think that was really the change for the Nats team. It's a big change for C.J. Abrams. He was better defensively down the stretch because he got moved into that leadoff spot. So can he continue to make that difference by getting on base? That's my big thing, finding consistency and improving as a fielder. He needs to improve as a fielder. Too many times he's making bad throws, and he has the arm strength. 
It's just sometimes it felt like he guided the ball over there. Just let it rip. Let it rip. And honestly, if he's going to try and bounce the throws over there like he did last year to Dominic Smith, that's not going to work this year because Joey and uh, Joey, and Joey, Manessis and Gallo, they're not picking those things like Dom Smith was last year. So that's going to be something to watch with C.J. Abrams. But I'm excited about this Nationals team. I don't know that you're going to see Biggs wins and losses, right? I don't know that you're going to be excited about what you're used to be excited about with this team, the wins and losses and winning the division and competing in the playoffs and getting into October. I don't know that that's going to be this team. But I think there's a lot to be excited about because the same guys that you were excited about last year, the same guys that you were watching to see how they would do that could shape the future of this team, those are the same guys you're going to watch. But you could also get a Dylan Cruz thrown in the mix. You could also get James Wood thrown in the mix. You could get Cade Cavalli thrown in the mix. So I think there's going to be a lot to watch with this team and seeing if they can continue to grow. If they can continue to grow, this is something where this rebuild might be getting closer and closer to being not complete, but you're at least starting to see some of the fruit of it. And so I think this season has a lot of intrigue for that reason. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will get back into some commanders. Football also want to talk about the NBA All-Star break. We'll talk about that next here as we wrap up overtime. The final hour comes up next here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 